Christian as in the appearance. The, I'm in, you know, I'm clothed in a certain clothing, or I'm here in a building with scriptures on the wall, or I'm, I'm wearing nice shoes, or I'm wearing a tallit, or I'm wearing some Hebrew stuff, or I'm wearing some scriptures on my arm. You know, the Pharisees in the Bible, they had scriptures written on their doorposts, just like they did in the, in the, in the Old Testament. But yet they were still broods of vipers. They had these things that they would put on the, on their doorposts, uh, you know, to, so they can remember the Lord in their life. And, and they did all these ceremonies. They, they did all these cleansing things. They did all these purifications, devoting hours and hours and hours to God, apparently. But yet when John the Baptist, even Elijah, and Jesus himself called them snakes, broods of vipers, and children of the devil. He called them children of the devil. The people in Israel, in Jerusalem, who said that our father is Abraham, he called them children of the devil. And there's many people to, in today's world that are sitting in the pulpit, standing in the pulpit, sitting in seats, and they call themselves, and they make themselves look as if they're Christian. Even doing, even having self-control in some areas, even stopping indulgence in some areas, but yet at the heart level, they're really children of the devil, seeking their own agenda. I'm telling you, you can do some things right, still not be of God. I'm telling you, you can stop drinking, you can stop smoking, you can stop having sexual intercourse with other women or other men, and still be a child of the devil. Yeah, I don't, true. I don't want to hear a title again, another title again on Facebook. I don't want to hear another person say, well, I'm this and I'm that, and I've done this and I've done that. I want to see the fruit. Yeah. I want to see the burning in you. You know, the ones that are really actually burning after God, sometimes they look like they're actually the children of the devil. You know, it's like, like I said the other night, you know, like Misty Edwards' song. It's an upside, upside down, backwards, sideways kingdom. And it is. How the world sees things is actually God sees it the other way, the opposite. Sometimes there's children of God that make mistakes. They can even do, they can even go out one night and, 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 and fall into fall into drunkenness one night make it and they fall into sin and but repent but they're still of god it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what you make yourself to seem like it matters what's in your heart what's in your heart and god told me today if you're not seeking after righteousness and holiness you're not a christian if that's not your one desire you're not a christian sorry everybody preaches in the churches today oh get saved to go to heaven get saved to go to heaven get saved to go to heaven Meanwhile, God's not even talking about heaven. Actually, when Jesus talks, he talks about heaven in regards to his kingdom and power and heaven coming on earth. He doesn't even really talk about, he says, the only times he mentions eternal life is, is believing on him. He says eternal life, but he doesn't go into, oh, if you just convert, then when you get to heaven, I'll give you five cars and just, you know, like the Muslims do. They say, oh, if you convert, we'll give you 150 virgins. You'll have 150 virgins in heaven, or whatever the case, or they're saying. They give you, they'll give you cars, they'll give you this, they'll give you that. Buddha, give you this, give you that. you have, uh, you know, all wealth, health. Either, either, either trying to tell you that you're going to gain here, if you follow them, or, or um, not, have, not being changed here, but you'll have everything in the afterlife. But meanwhile, God's saying, I want to change you here. And you will get everything in the afterlife. But my real children aren't even... They want, they want eternal life and they have it. But they're not after just doing things just so they can have stuff in heaven. They're not doing things for reward in, on here or in heaven. Partially, they know that their inheritance is being with the Lord forever. And that's their glory. But, they, but, but what they're after right now, the one desire, the one burning desire of a, of a real child of God. Real child of God. Is to be like Jesus. It's the only, that's the one, number one desire that outweighs every desire. Yes, we have desires to be with the Lord and be in eternity and not see all the sickness and death and, and sin that's happening in this world and homosexuality and, and rampant disgustingness. Yes, we have desire, other desires to be here and be there because God has showed us things. But the number one main desire is to be made in the image of God. And if that's not your main desire, well then, God is drawing a line in the sand. And he's saying, serve me or serve the world. Because I will, because the lukewarm, you know, when he, he was talking, in, I, should, I, I wish I would have pulled up scriptures on Revelation, but he was talking in the, in, book, in the book of Revelation, if anybody has actually ever read that, and see how Jesus was actually talking, and how, how little, he wasn't like this Jesus that the church today portrays him to be. He wasn't this Jesus says that 
I'll give you prosperity, health, and wealth, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll make you much more blessed. He's, he wasn't the Jesus that they're saying today that let's have little carnival rides and let's have Halloween to pull everybody into the church. He wasn't the Jesus that says, oh, it's okay, you keep sinning. You'll be all right. You'll inherit, you'll, you'll inherit uh, earth. You'll, you'll inherit the earth and you'll inherit heaven. He wasn't the Jesus that said, say a prayer and you'll get to heaven. He wasn't the Jesus that says, do whatever you want. It's okay, I'm okay with you. He was the opposite. You read the book of Revelation, Jesus was a little ruthless. But see, you see, the world, the church, they know this Jesus that, is, that has an edge to him, that has a little fire to him. They know it, but they avoid it. They come up with every in which way doctrine they can, they can come up with to avoid it. To have to take this Jesus into their church because they know their church will decrease in number if they do it. They know that if they bring the fire in the church, they'll bring the mercy and the grace. I hear about grace every day. I'm tired of it. We need grace. We need mercy. It's great. It's glorious. But we need the fire. We need the fire of God to burn us, to burn our flesh, to burn this thing that we inherited from Adam and Eve of the sin nature and make it whole. I'm not, I'm not coming to you today as a Calvinist or a legalist or, or somebody who's, who just thinks that, who thinks work salvation. No. I want to tell you this. Be lucky you're in this age. You know why? Because back then, they had to be outwardly perfect. They had to do sacrifices. And today, Jesus wants you to be made in the image of, of God and holy and righteous. He wants you to actually walk that out now on this earth. And he burns for it. But be happy because Jesus sealed you to the Father no matter what. Be happy because Jesus has put you in right standing by himself with God. He has put each and every one of you in right standing with God at the cross. He has forgiven all sin. But you know why he's done that? So that there can be a grace time here on this earth to become the image of God. It's not, it's not he didn't do that just so he can get to heaven. Why are most people worried about heaven and hell? Jesus is not even worried about that. Yes, that's an effect of salvation. That's something that happens. That's something we inherit. But Jesus is not even about that. He's about changing you now. He's about His creation becoming what it was made to be again. That's what He's about. That's why we have to all burn and yearn to be made in the image of God. Even the little children here. Even the young kids here. Even the young kids should be burning to be like God every day they wake up. That's the type of kids we should be raising up in the church, is kids that, are, that are, want to be like God every day. That's, their, that's the desire. No, they're not trying to be like God just so they can get saved. No, they're not trying to be like God just so they don't go to hell. No, they should. See, and, that's what, and that's the problem in some churches, is they're trying to be like God so they can get something. They're trying to be like God because they don't want to go to hell. They're trying to be like God for whatever hidden agenda. But God's saying, be like me because you love me. God's saying, be like me because you love my ways. Yeah. If you don't love God's ways, you don't love Him. Yeah, amen. This is true. If you don't love... You, everybody wants to hold uh, the title of Jesus. Everybody wants to have the title of a, a believer, but nobody actually wants to be one. Yeah. Nobody actually wants to be a Christ. Yeah. Nobody actually wants to be the image. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, there's a strong voice. That, that has been here and is returning to the whole church worldwide, calling its people back to righteousness, calling people that have been in the church 30, 40 years to repentance. Yeah. What? <clears throat> calling people that sit in these, in these chairs, in pews, that sit in, uh, 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 that even stand in pulpits every day, calling them to repentance. Wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to be calling believers to repentance. But God's calling his own people to repentance. And, 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 and I believe God is telling us this today, especially. Because we see sometimes the fire at this altar. We see sometimes the fire at altars all over the world. And we're saying, oh, I don't know, that's too hard. Oh, I don't know, isn't God saying love? Oh, I don't know, isn't God like trying to bring mercy to his people? Trying to reconcile his people? Don't tell God how he does things. Don't tell God how to, how to keep his own children. Don't tell God how to bring his own children back to him. Because he's the one doing it. Not you. Not me. He is. So we need to, everybody in the church needs to learn how to walk by the Spirit. Because when we walk by the Spirit, we really know how God is. You see, a lot of us don't grow because we don't understand 
or see eye to eye with the many ways of God. We don't see eye to eye with how God does things. Because this world has created an image of Christ that we're used to. This world has created Christ as if he's the Teletubby. This world has created Christ as if he's Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, Christian. This world thinks that that's what a Christian is supposed to be like. But you go look at John the Baptist, and I bet you, if you didn't know, I bet you you'd say he wasn't a Christian. Because he was something else. He was something from another world. He ate locusts and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, wild honey and stood in the wilderness and called the children of Israel to repentance and, 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 and called the Pharisees broods of vipers and told them to be baptized and turn from their sin. People who are, are in, in, inher- inheritors of God's kingdom calling them to, ch- to turn, turn the other way from their lifestyle. But we think Jesus is just saying, come and speak my name. Just, just come and worship him with your lips and your, and your lip service and, and your acting and your much and your much good works and your much ceremonies and you'll be saved. No, he's saying, turn your heart to me and I will change you. And if you're, ch- if you're being changed, that's how you know you're mine. Yeah. He's saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. This message is called, bring back the Baptist. Bring back the Baptist. And I'm not talking about some silly reformation that didn't take off. I'm not talking about some false reformation that was just ended up being legalistic and a bunch of, a bunch of Pharisees in the church. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about going to the water and putting water over your head and pretending you're clean. John the Baptist, you want to know what his, his baptism was really about? It wasn't about just sprinkling people with water. It was about turning your heart to the Lord in righteousness. Turning your heart to God. Not turning your heart saying, uh, God, I'll follow you, but then you don't want, then when he brings uh, ways that he wants to change, you don't give in. I'm talking about a total 360 because we have, we have to not be surprised at this because God is going to be coming to his churches and telling people to telling people that are, are even crying at the altar, saying they're following God and telling them to do it, to turn their hearts. Because here's the problem. There's so many, uh, for, for all these years, see, we live in a, the problem with this age is we have so many years of religion in the church infesting the people's ears and mind of how things are supposed to be. But we have less preaching about knowing God at the heart level. We have less preaching about truly following Him with your whole heart and not being a liar. Because many people in the church are liars. They say they want God. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, oh, you messed up and then, you know, you you messed up or whatever and then you're just saying, uh, you know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you're not living this life that you're proclaiming that you have. I'm talking about you're saying that you want God and you're saying that you have the you 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 want to be turned into into glory, but yet you deny him every day. I'm talking about these type of people. And you know what? Even some of us, we deny him too. Because when he wants to take us in the fire, we say, No, God, and we're denying him. And he's calling each and every one of us from least to greatest. He's calling us to embrace him. He's calling us to yield to him. Elaine said two weeks ago, she said, what was it that you said about, about, about uh, getting to higher levels of the kingdom? What do you have to do? Submission. But we think submission to God is just coming in our heart and saying, God, okay, do what you want. But here's the funny thing about that prayer. is You're, you're going to say, God, do what you want to do. And then he comes and starts doing what he wants you to do. And you don't like how it feels. Right. You don't like the pain. You don't like the anguish. You don't like your flesh burning on the altar. This is what I'm talking about in the church. They deny this every day. They come up with doctrines to say, oh, don't listen to those guys that are telling you you have to do this and you have to do that. Don't listen to those guys that are telling you, you know, you have to change your ways. Listen, God create, God died on the cross and you're right. Just don't worry about it. Just do what you want. Do what you, go ahead, go ahead. Go live how you want. Go live like the world. You're saved. How, well, and then they argue with, then the other pastors argue with us and they say, well, how are you, you going to tell people to, how are you going to tell the church to repent? They're Satan. What are you doing? What are you talking about? They, they, they have salvation. Why are you talking like they could lose it? Why are you talking like they, they're not the righteousness of God? Why, are you, why, why did Jesus come to his church in Revelation and tell the others in, and I don't know which, which church it was, but he said, some of you in Sardius or wherever, he said, why did you soil your garments? And he's talking to the church in Revelation. He's talking to the church. 
He's talking to the church when he says, you who are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. He's going to spew you out of his own mouth. He's a Christian. It's like if I drink this water, right? And I think it's hot water. And I'm only expecting it to be hot. I'm only expecting it to be burning. And then I go drink it. And then it's it's not even hot. It's just a little warm, almost cold. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. I thought it was supposed to be hot. And then God's going, whoa, I thought you were a Christian. Whoa, I thought you were seeking me. Oh, but now you face the fire and you don't want me. Oh, but now I'm doing things in your life to change your mindsets. But you don't want that. You don't want that. And you want to keep holding on. Any man who pushes the plot looking back is not fit for the kingdom. Any man who will not forsake the cares of this life, you can't do it. If you if you're so worried, if you're sitting here as a Christian and you're so worried about the cares of this life and things you want in this life and your career and this, how can you be fit for the kingdom? A real Christian, he's not he knows that God will take care of him. He knows that God knows his desires. He knows that the Bible says that I will fill the desires of your heart, but he wants God and God alone. And he wants the kingdom of God and God alone. And he doesn't care. You know what? Let me tell you something about a real Christian. Yes, they know God's glory and promises, but they also know, I don't care even if your promises didn't come true in my life. I don't care if, I, if all my wants weren't fulfilled. I don't care if things I thought were supposed to happen don't happen. I'm just glad I have you, God. Amen. That's a real Christian. Not a Christian that says, oh, this. Somebody was, was messaged me last night. Not Nobody here. But they're saying, oh, can you pray for so-and-so because they have bitterness against me and I just want to be friends with them and this and that. I'm like, you're not saved. Move on. You know what I told, I, told, I told the person? I said, I said, turn away from your old life. And he's a Christian for seven years or however long he said he was. I'm like, move on. Why are you, why are you worrying about that? You know what I said? I said, I said, I said, let the Lord worry about what he has to worry about and you worry about what you have to worry about, which is your own heart. See, sometimes we worry so much about other people because we have our own desire about it. Because we just want, we're worried about uh, so-and-so from home because, you know, we just want a relationship with them when we miss the good times. We're so worried about that job because, you know, when I had that job, things were going good. But everything we desire should be revolved around, I just, I just want, I just want it to all be centered around God. I just want that person. So when I, I look at that person, I'm not going... Oh, I want that. I want. I want to be back with this person just because of good time. No, I'm looking at that person because I want them to, to have salvation and be turned into the image of God. I don't care if they leave me. I just want them to be saved. See, when you when you're not connected to people, you don't mind them leaving you, but you 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 weep. Yes, you weep because you're worried about their soul. But you're not worried because oh, he left. What if sometimes God can split you from someone just so they can get saved? Yeah. So if you're so if you're really seeking after God, you're not worried about these things. And sometimes our worries about people are not even of God, and they're really about you. It's really about us. It's really because, well, they're my parents. Wait a minute, they're my parents. I, I, you know, I grew up with them. They gave me, they gave me everything I needed, and blah 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 blah. Well, and then when you go around them, then you get all you all you have is temptation and witchcraft. And then all when you go around them, they're just bringing you back into your past. Any person who wants to follow me may have to leave father, mother, brother, sister. Cars, lands. Why? Because those things may be yoked up with the devil. And if you want to follow God, he ain't, he ain't friends with the devil. He ain't having it. You have John, right? Hold on. Okay, here we have John right here. Luke 3.10 through 14. Luke 3.10 through 14. They're questioning John. They're saying, and so the crowds and everybody that was there around John, they're questioning him saying, then what? So they're saying, he's he's telling he's telling them to repent and turn to the Lord, and they're questioning about their life. So, but, but okay, if I follow you, then what about this? What about that? Here, I'll show you. Then what shall we do? And he who he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. So this guy was like, well, what am I to do with all my material stuff? He's saying, go share it. Then this other guy. And he who has food is to do likewise. And saying, and some tax collectors also came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what shall we do? Wait a minute. We've been doing this tax collecting thing for a while. And it's been making us a lot of money. Hold on. Time out. If, you, if I quit this tax collecting, I'm going to be homeless here. I'm going to be, I may be poor. I, whoa, hold on. Hold on, John. Relax. I know you're sent by God, but what about my business? 
Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more. Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. So get the sin out of your heart. Get the, get the, get the, get, get the, because a lot of people are yoked up in the things they are because of the, they have, they have unrighteousness about it. It's okay to have a job. It's okay to have things and people or whatever. But when you, in your old life, most of that, you were yoked up with those things for, for a, a lust of your own heart. Some soldiers were questioning him saying, and what about us? What shall we do? We're soldiers. We're soldiers in the, in the army of Israel. What, what are we going to do? How are we gonna how are we gonna put food on the table? How are we gonna defend Israel? Or how are we gonna get our get our lots? And how are we gonna gain uh, uh, go get the money that we usually get for the king or whatever? And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, "Do not take money from anyone by force, and, or accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages." So what? Maybe they were going out there, and they were they had they didn't have any money one day, or they didn't have any food or whatever. So they, the soldiers went maybe to another city and they stole it and they took it and they were using people. And John's saying, yes, you're children of Israel. Yes, you're t- you, may be, you may be of Abraham, but I'm telling you, God's not all right with you with this, with this heart, this dross that you have in your heart. God's not all right with you with this lust that you have in your heart to fulfill your own purpose. Turn to God. He will take care of your needs. Be content with your own, with your own stuff, with, with what you have already. Stop trying to seek everybody else's. And that's what it is when God's telling his people to repent. He's not, te- he's not saying you can't do anything anymore. No, he's saying get rid of the, uh, the unequally yoked things that you're yoked with. The material things. If it be a material thing, if it be a person, if it be a land, if it be your parents, I don't care what it is. If it's unequally yoked and if there's hidden agendas or there's whatever, he's dividing you from it. He's dividing you from it. He's not sanctifying it. And that's what and here's and this is what, what happens. The church, they tell you, well, wait a minute, you can't quit. You're let's say you're a stripper, right? Let's say you're a stripper. But and then you go to the, the Care Bear Church, they're like, Well, I know it's not good for you to this is what they tell people. I know it's not good for you to um, you know, you know, be doing that, but well, you you need to you can't you can't quit your job. How are you gonna make money? You can't you can't quit your job, I mean, and make money. Or they'll go to the drug addict. Well, they won't, tell, they won't tell them anything. They'll, they'll tell them a private. They'll be like, well, you know, he's not supposed to be doing that, but, you know, I can't tell, I can't tell that guy because then he's going to be like, well, what about, I'm going to be homeless or blah, blah, blah. They're so afraid of the feedback from the people. They're so afraid of the people saying, well, well they, don't want, they don't want people to be manifesting spirits in their church. So they tell them what they want to hear. They tell the, the unholy people, that's not right, but you know what? Whatever, okay, I, I, I'm closing my eyes. And that's the problem. Pastors closing their eyes. And letting them do what they want. And you know why? It's because that pastor has his, his own seeking thing and his own lust in his heart for that person to come to church or whatever. When are we gonna when are we gonna learn to tell even unbelievers to, to, to repent instead of just giving them a sinner's prayer? You know, yesterday we went to a house, uh, we went to uh, this place, and Chase talked to the person and she was she wasn't even saved. And he was and, you know, the other church would be like, well, wait a minute, brother. Hey, you got to say a salvation prayer. Well, hold on. you got to say a prayer with them. you got to get them saved first. But what did Chase do? Chase rebuked the, the lady. This, this house with, it was this house with the lady and her kid. And, and, Chase, and Chase, instead of doing what the church thinks you're supposed to do, Chase rebuked her. He rebuked her. He told her, he told her listen, this stuff, he's pointing out this stuff in her heart. Why? Because the, the stuff in her heart was not plowed, so it doesn't matter. She's not going to receive from God anyway. Because she's so, she's so held on growing her own little garden of sin and whatever she's holding in, or her, her own garden of lust, her own garden of what she wants to do and what this and that, that it needs to be plowed. And you can't come and tell that person that she's saved, she's going to get saved, if she just says a prayer. You need, that's, why, that's why even in the book of Acts, they say, repent, for the kingdom of God is here at hand. Now some people, you go up to them and they're plowed and you say, Come, come here if you want salvation. But some people, you have to rebuke. Some people, you have to correct. And they're not even saved. That's why, we have to, that's why the church is so afraid to live by the Spirit of God. They're so afraid to move, to invite the Holy Ghost into their church. Just like Chain was saying. When he was in Poland just this Saturday, he was praying for all these kids. And all the kids were falling out under the power of God. And then he, they, they had to take the kids into another room and explain to them what just happened. And explain to them all that, well, that was this. 
They're afraid of the Holy Ghost because they're afraid of the fire. They're afraid of the exposing. They're afraid, they think, because Jesus is a certain way. And they think, oh, Jesus is loving. He's not going to talk about what you, your mess-ups or whatever. He's talking about those things because, he's, because his purpose is for you to be created in the image of God. So we're bringing, God's bringing, he's bringing his people back to the church today to baptize them. Whoa, baptize them? What baptism? I'm talking about a baptism of truth. Yeah. I'm talking a baptism of fire to burn it up. Why do you think it says baptism of Holy Ghost and fire? Yeah. It doesn't say just Holy Ghost. What do you think the fire means? It means this thing that God does when he comes into you. He wants to take away, take away the mindsets. He wants to take away the draws from your heart. He wants to divide the, 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 the gut from the gold. He wants to divide the tares from the wheat in your heart. And anybody that, and see, that's the thing. We don't think that God is like that. We don't think that God is doing that. We think that's Old Testament, but that's today. See, in the Old Testament, it was something you had to do outward, but now it's inward, and He's doing it. So why can't we trust Him? We need to trust Him. We're going to have people in the church, and, and we've seen it already on mission trips especially. Shane going up to, to certain churches and telling them to repent. He's not telling them. Some churches, he doesn't even tell them about their identity in Christ, which is important. Some churches, he doesn't tell them about authority. He doesn't tell them about power. He just he tells them to turn from their wicked ways. He tells them to turn from their religious ways. He tells them to turn from, their, from, the, from the fake uh, religiosity, from the fake acting that God hates. And, he's, and, and, and at the same time, yes, but at the same time, there's also the side that we can't, yeah, we can't listen. I'm here and I'm standing here. I'm just a man. I can't perform God's works. I can't perform righteousness. I can't perform holiness. But when I turn my heart here where I want it, and I actually want it, I'm not being fake, and I'm not trying to cover up my sin, He changes me. Amen. He does it. So the church is so afraid because, you know what? Some of the church is so afraid they're inviting the Holy Spirit because they're, they're afraid or they don't trust God that He's going to change them. They, they want the dependency to be on them somehow. They want the dependency to change to be on them. So what? So they can have pride. So they can have glory in the fact that they just, you know, stopped doing this and that yesterday. Or they just stopped. And then what happens when they, when they stop doing something that they've always been doing? Then they call in the church and they're like, they tell, they'll tell people to repent and they'll tell people to turn from their ways because, hey, I just stopped smoking yesterday and you can do it too. And then they're telling people to, to, to turn from their ways like they're, they've been in this, you know, they're like they're John the Baptist or Elijah. But really, and then after they do that, then they go home. And then they fall into it again and they're like, and then they feel bad about themselves because they're like, oh, oh wait, it didn't work. It didn't work. That song, right, that was playing before I came up here, it said, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord. You see, John, when he was out there in the wilderness with the water, he was, he was preparing the way for Christ to come. He was, so wait a minute, if Christ, wait a minute, wait a minute, G, John had to pre pre prepare the way for Jesus. All power and authority, Jesus. He had to prepare the way for him. He had to prepare the way for the people to receive him. What John did was he plowed the people's hearts of Israel to turn their hearts so that when they come, that when Jesus comes, they receive him and they know what he's about. They know. It's like now I'm really getting revelation after. Never mind. Uh, now they know what they're in for when Jesus comes. See, God is bringing His ministers. To plow people's heart so they know what they're in for when the Holy Spirit comes and starts doing His work. The problem with some churches is that they prepare a, a, a crooked way. And they say that, that Christ is going to come to you as this way or that way. And then Christ to us comes, Christ comes a different way in us or the Holy Spirit comes in us a different way and we call it the devil. Many churches. They, the, the fire comes and they're like, oh no, that's not, that's just the devil. I can do it. I can do it. It's okay. No condemnation in Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll, I'll go uh, smoke my cigarette now. You know, it says no condemnation in Jesus Christ for those that are after the spirit and not after the flesh. So if you have condemnation, it means you need to turn from something. You're getting condemnation because you're, you're, you're walking in the flesh. You need to change your mindset. You need to turn your heart. So God is preparing. Uh, uh, he's preparing every day right now in our heart. And God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is coming like John the Baptist in our heart, plowing our heart. So that we can prepare the Lord's work to be done in us. He's plowing the things out. He's, he's showing us how He's going to come. He's showing us what He's here to do. He's turning our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can come and we can yield to Him. You see, what, the, what, the, what, what God's doing is he's, trying, is he's preparing His church to yield and submit to God, to Himself. He's preparing a way for Himself. And that's why 
Some people say, well, God, what? Well, we, we, you know, we love the identity thing, we love the grace, we love the mercy, so why can't we just preach on that all the time? Why can't we just preach on that all the time? Because I can tell you what, you can be in those doctrines, but yet still your heart is not plowed. You can still believe in those things and believe in that who you are in Christ, but still have unholy things that God is trying to root out. So we need to take those things and count it for us, but we also need to take the other side of, what God, of the changing that God wants to do, of the, of, the, of, the, of the transforming that God wants to do, of the yielding. The Christian life isn't a life of just, just you know, it's, it's not all happiness all the time sometimes. Sometimes things hurt. Sometimes there's pain. Sometimes there's trials. Sometimes we go through things that we don't want to go through, but God is doing it to transform us. That's what you're here for. If you're, if you're sitting in this seat, if you're sitting on YouTube and you're, not, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you're not in this because you want to be transformed to be like God himself, then you have no business at all. And you're just, and you, and you're just living a false, false Christian life. A prayer doesn't save you. Programs don't save you. Your church service doesn't save you. But yielding to God and submitting to God with your whole heart saves you. Yeah. The cross... See, it's the faith in Christ, but if we truly have faith in Christ, we will yield to Him daily. You see, there's this thing coming around saying, oh, there's no more repentance. They're saying there's no more, there's no more um, um, repenting. What do you mean there's no more repenting? So what? So basically what you're saying is, you're saying that you're good, you have need of nothing, you're, you're holy, you're perfect, everything's good, you're right? Okay. And you know what Jesus said to some of those in the book of Revelation? He said, realize you're poor, wretched, and naked. And, 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 and you need to buy oil. He told this to people in the church in Revelation. He said, you're poor, you're wretched, you're naked. You're not clothed. He said, you who, he even said, you who say you have need of nothing. And that's what we have people building a church saying, oh, I'm good, I got my salvation, I'm good. I, I, I'm clothed in this righteousness. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm good. Don't need to pray for me. You don't need to change me. Because they don't understand the process of God, what God's doing here. You see, a lot of times people don't understand what God's doing. They have a misunderstanding about God's character and ways. That's the problem. But you see, you know what's going to be the awesome thing? Is when we bring the real character and God's real ways to the church, people will either go this way or they'll stay. People will either go their way, the people that are false will either leave, and the people that are true will stay every time. That's how the real church operates. You know, some of we've seen this, we've seen stuff like this here, but that's that's how you know the truth is happening. Because the truth is a dividing sword. It divides those who are genuine in heart and really want God and those who don't. The truth divides holiness from unholiness, righteousness from unrighteousness, pure heart from stink heart. He's dividing people. And we always and everybody's like Oh, we need to have unity in the body of Christ. I'm telling you, everybody that's trying to have more unity, and all they're talking about is unity, 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 and that's all, they, that's all they're desiring, they don't know what's going on. They have no clue. Because God, He's doing unity in the division. He's doing unity in the dividing of who wants truth and who doesn't, and who's playing games. If you want, if you want the world, go. Because if you're going to waste your time in church. If you want God, then show up. That's, that's what the message needs to be. It's not, let's try to bring as many people as we can and, and get them to confess Jesus with their mouth. You know what it said? Confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and you'll be saved. You know what it means by that? It means when you, when you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, when he was talking about in that context, he was saying, I know, he was basically saying that it's in your heart if you're doing that. But how many of you know that you can confess Jesus as Savior, but it not be in your heart? So he was saying, you'll know who's Christian by their confession. Yes, because if, if it's in their heart. But some people, we have the, the, the problem with this generation is we have people confessing and they're not. So God is dividing things, dividing people, dividing all these ways. So we need to get with the blueprints. We need, to, we need to see what God's doing and, and cling to it. Because when we cling to it, everything that we're desiring, the power, the authority, the great, the, the glory, whatever it is, it'll come naturally. But if you're going and thinking, trying to make up your own God, you're only going to have false pretenses and nothing happens. You're only going to have build up and hype, but nothing happens. You're only going to be praying for five hours a day and still stay dry. 
John's coming back. Why do you think when they, when they saw John, they said, is that a, are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? They said to Jesus, are you Elijah? Is that a, is, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. How, co- how come all three of those guys and even other people, they all were like resembled as the same guy? Because it's the same spirit. So what God did with Elijah calling the church to repentance then, what God did with John calling the church to repentance then, what God is doing, did with Jesus and is doing now is the same spirit. It's the same thing. Turn from your ways. Turn your heart and follow me. That's, that's the real gospel. And it's always been. And he's been showing a shadow so we can get confirmation. That's, okay, that's the way. Finally, I realized it. After four guys come through, finally, we can finally see what God's saying. It's taken four, five, six, seven guys from Elijah to Zechariah to Isaiah to Jesus and John and even Paul to finally for people to say, I just want you to turn from the world and wickedness and turn to me. But why is there always another message outside of that when that is the main purpose? We need to stop worrying about getting baptized at the ocean over there, even though that could be good. But, and we need to stop worrying about baptisms and this and that. And we need to worry about being baptized in the truth. We need to worry about hearing what the Spirit is saying daily. We need to stop worrying about, you know, and, and here's the other thing. Here's another thing I want to say. You know, we need to follow and yield to the Spirit. But you know what I heard some pastor say one time when I was at the park? He said, <clears throat> when I just, when I just uh, do what God has me do, when I just go do, say what God has me say, then I, I'm righteous. That's true. That's true. But you know what righteousness is? It's separation from the world. So yes, you follow the Spirit and you obey God, but that's not your claim to fame with God. Your claim to fame with God and, and to, 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 for, for, him, for you to actually be led by the Spirit is to desire to be changed into His image. But see, the problem with people like Him is He'll be wanting to obey and, and follow God, but because He doesn't have the desire to be changed into the image of God, there'll be things the Spirit's leading Him to do that He, he doesn't yield to. And he doesn't submit to. So if he says he's following God fully and 100%, but yet not wanting the image of God, then I tell you he's a liar if he's saying he's following God 100%. Because many people try to follow God. The, listen, listen to this. Many people try to follow God. The Pharisees tried. The, the Sadducees tried. Many people in the Old Testament tried. Even people, many in the Testament and new, people in the New Testament tried. They tried to follow God. And they went the wrong way. Because why? Because they're trying to make up their own path. They're trying to make up, and I'm telling you, you can be two years, three years, four years into this, seven, eight years, whatever it is, and still later on make up your own path. There's many guys, I don't even going to say their names, you know, like, oh, I don't know, like, okay, like Benny Hinn, just for an example, and some other people, they, they, had, they were moving with God at one point, God was using them, but what happened? The anointing left because they made up their own path. We need to we need to have our sights set on God's path daily. Because listen, this this idea of Christianity and this idea of following God is going to change every day. It's going to go from glory and glory. It's going to go from faith to faith. It's going to be a new level every time. But when we just keep thinking it's just this one this this one sort of way God does you know uh, this thing I made up in my own mind. Then I'm telling you, you can you can follow God and then make up your own path, your own way of how that's the problem. People, the Pharisees and all them, and people in Old Testament and, all, and everybody in Paul's time, or whatever that were faking it. They they tried to they tried to follow God, but they made up their own way. And we need to stop making up our own ways. And we need to just what did Paul say? He said he said uh, follow the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. It's simple. Yield to the Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. Get, become one with the Spirit. The Word divides you from flesh and Spirit. Because when we flow with the Spirit, things work out. Things go God's way. And the problem is when we flow with the Spirit, and there's a certain way that we think is not right, or not, or, or not how God is supposed to be, that's when we get in trouble. Because we'll go, with, we'll go, we'll go by the Spirit, but then because of our uh, mindset, we'll be like, wait, I don't think God does that. Hold on. Time out. I don't think God rolls that way. I don't think God speaks to that person like that. And then what happens? And then we start making up our... Then slowly, a little seed develops and we start making our own path. And we start saying, no, God's supposed to be like this. And then we keep coming out of the Spirit more and more and more and more and more. And then guess what? And then we're like sitting in a Methodist church lighting candles. We need to stay in the Spirit and let Him 
form us. We need to, like I said last time I preached, we need to be a clay, be clay that yields to the potter, to whatever it's shaping. And God said in the Bible, He said, Are you, is the potter going to tell me how to form it? Is it going to tell me how I'm creating it, the creator? Is it going to tell the potter how it's supposed to be done? Because last time I checked, the potter has no power over the, over the clay. So we need to yield to Him. And, and when we don't under, lean, not, lean not on your own understanding, but to lean on the understanding of the Lord. It's, a hard, it's sometimes a hard thing, but if we just yield and trust Him, it, everything's made. Every, he lifts you up and he, and he lifts every area of your life up with it. Isaiah 40, 43. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness and make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Make smooth a highway in the desert. Make smooth a highway in the desert. Don't you think it's funny how he uses desert there? Why didn't he say in the promised land? Why didn't he say in the land? Why didn't he, Why does it got to be a desert? You see, the church wants to. They want to be in the world and God make it to make a smooth way there. They want God to do some swirly roller coaster to, to get to where he, he wants them to go. But God's saying no. I want you to not be in Egypt, and I want you to be in the desert, and I'll make a smooth way. But because some of us don't want to go in the desert, because we don't want to go in the dry lands, and the times of trials, and the times of separation from people, and the times of division, and the times of, of the enemy's attacks, we don't want to go to that place. So we go back to the world and we say, God's here when he's out there. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, God's out here in my kingdom, my palace. And Nish and Abednego and all those guys, and they're saying, he's in the fire. He's in the furnace over there. And you know what, Nebuchadnezzar, you want us to go in? We'll go in, he's there. We're, we're, we're in. They're going to they go, they went in the fire all in. The place that seems like to a man is death, that seems right to a man is death. But I'm telling you, the world, when they see the place that we're going, they think that's nonsense. That's not wisdom, brother. What are you doing? How can you go through all those trials and all that, all that stuff? That's not how God does things. God wants you to live great. He wants you to live peaceful. He wants you to, he wants you to be awesome. He wants you to be the president. I don't know what they're saying out there, man. It's crazy. But God's saying, walk the desert and I'll get you to the real promised land. Not the false promised land that you can see. But something that, that you never even imagined I can fulfill in your heart forever and ever for eternal life. A, a land that lives here and not out here. A land that flows out from your mouth. A land that flows from your heart. A land that flows from your mind and gives you peace. And, they, and yes, they may have the money. They may have the cars. They may have the buildings. But I'll tell you what. In the night, they're tormented. In the day, they can't stand themselves. And, 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 and because of their folly and their vomit, they fall nigh to the devil. And they go and, 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 and fall into everlasting torment. They can't have power over the devil, but you can. And then you know what? And in the end, all those people's riches, it says that the riches of the, of the, of the wicked will be turned over to the righteous. But this time, when we, get, when we get the riches, we won't be attached to them like we were. This time, it'll be the other way around. It'll be an opposite kingdom. And, 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 and this, this John Baptist spirit that God is bringing in the, in the, in the church is the spirit of Elijah. And he's showing you, and see, the, when it says, I'm paving the road, it's saying, I'm painting a picture of how it's supposed to be in the kingdom. See, when, you, when we come to the world, when we come to the people in the church, we paint a picture for them, and it's their choice to accept that. But we want to paint rainbows over here, we want to paint all these colors, we want to use all these things. When God's saying, I want to use this, that, and the third, and you're like, wait a minute, that don't look nice. That don't look too good. I don't know if they'll accept that one. But I guarantee you, when you go bring that, bring God's picture to the world, the ones that are, then you won't be having people that, that say, yes, I'll be, I'll be, I want to be saved. I'll even come to your church and I'll do this and I'll do that. And then when they come, they're not even genuine. They weren't, they didn't even, they just had a hidden agenda the whole time. Then you'll actually, then when you paint the real picture and you declare the real way, they'll actually be the right ones. And then the ones that were not of you, that are not of God, and they weren't, they didn't want God in the beginning, they'll leave you. And then you'd be like, oh, thank God, I, I wasn't fooled this time, and I didn't get a lukewarm one this time. Thank God this one actually wants God, and now we can actually form this person to how God is trying to do it. So now, now we can actually have a bunch of clay in the seats instead of clay trying to act like it can do its own thing. People that come in here, and in weeks they're changed, and some people it took months, and some people it'll take weeks for them to be changed. Because... They're going to come in and they're going to be the ones that God was desiring. You see, God right now in the, in the world out here, and in the unbelieving land, and even in the church, you know what he's doing right now? He's t- you know, 
You see, there's those that yield to the fire, but everybody's really in the fire. If you really think about it, everybody's really in the fire. Because God is taking everybody through, God is taking every single person on this earth to places. He's Okay, like for instance, he'll take a person that wants to be rich, right? And that's all they desire. And then he'll give them the riches, and he'll take them through that just so they, so they can see they didn't even want that in the first place. He'll take a person that just wanted to be with this girl, and then he'll give them the girl, and it'll be like, oh, I'm still not fulfilled. I'm still empty. He's taking all these people to realize, all the people in the world to realize that nothing on this earth can fulfill you, that void in you. Everybody's trying to fulfill that void in them that they have. There's something in them that's empty. And then God will even give it to them just so they can realize, oh, that ain't working. And then some people come even to to as much as suicide because they're like, man, I've been seeking this all my life and then I finally have it and I feel like crap. I feel worse. I feel worse. Some people, their void is fulfilled by seeking the things they don't have yet. But then they get it, and then they're like, oh wait, it's, it's even worse now. People in religion, he's taking them through dry places. He's taking them through times that they don't want to go through, so they can finally submit to the real way. People that are, are, are arrogant and prideful, he he's keeps having them in, in places to fall, so that they can finally repent. Every single person has a chance of mercy, but sometimes the way God does mercy is not the way you would think that he would do it. Sometimes God will have you fall, and that'll be His mercy. Sometimes God will bring tribulation and darkness, and that'll be His mercy. Sometimes God will let the enemy attack you, and that'll be His mercy. Sometimes the enemy attacks you, and then you're like, "Man, okay, I'm done. I, all right, I fought. I, I, I need, I need a new way. This, I'm not, I'm not right. Maybe, maybe, maybe the enemy attacking you is actually going to change your heart. God can do it. God uses everything to do whatever He has to do to change your way. And I'm telling you right now, every mouth will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every single person, whether they go to hell or they're in eternity forever, they will realize that Jesus was the real deal. But it's your opportunity, it's your chance on this, in this life to yield to it now or face whatever you have to face. This is the opportunity. This is what life's all about. This is what life's all about, is returning to God. This is what life's all about, is returning to and knowing, you, knowing your real Father. This is what life is about. It's not about what you do and what, what is going on. It's not about any of that. It's about you and God. That's what it's about. That's why you were created. And that's, why, that's what eternal life is going to be about. And if you don't want to be about uh, you and God for, the, for eternity, then this is the wrong type of thing to be a part of. Because if you, want, if, 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 you, if you want to be a part of the church, if you want to be a Christian, that's what it's about. And that's what it will be about forever. Forever. It will be about giving glory to God forever. And if you can't stand that, you might as well quit now. Because that's what it's about. But you don't have to be that person. You can be the person that changes your ways. You can be the person that yields to Him. And we need to be the people that yield to Him every day. In this house, we need to be, we need to yield to Him every day so we can, we want to go to the next level, yield to the fire. We want to go to the next level, stay low. But I'm not talking about stay low and dress a certain way. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about keep your heart honest and integrity with what God's doing because sometimes God will expose you in your heart and you will try to say no. That's not staying low. Staying low is, is being, yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pressing forth. That's staying low. Thank you, Jesus. And nobody in the church wants to stay low, but everybody tries to stay low by trying to present themselves as one who is low. They try to be... I mean, like, I mean, I've seen in some churches people are, they think staying low is like getting on the floor so your pastor can step over you. Has anybody ever seen that in the video? Like the people and the pastor walks in, and I've seen it in Africa or something like that in the video. And the pastor was walking in and everybody was like laying down for him, letting him step on him. Letting him, or, 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 or dressing a certain way, dressing in like meek clothes or like this guy we saw on the street with, with no shoes and barely anything. He's saying, oh, uh, this is what God wants me to do. We think that staying low is, a, is an outward appearance or by much expression of it or by telling people, you got to be humble, you got to be humble. But staying low is being honest with yourself and being honest with God, about God. That's staying low. That's being humble. And the prideful, they, they, they have something else in their heart, but they exalt another way out, outwardly. They try to, they have another form of want and desire in their heart, but they, they say out loud, I want this and that, which is opposed to what's actually in their heart. That's pride. That's pride when you know you have conviction and there's condemnation or whatever, and you're saying no, and you're, and you're avoiding that condemnation or conviction, and you're opposing it. That's pride, because you can't admit 
Because you're trying to be perfect in the flesh. He can only make you perfect in the flesh. You just have to yield to Him. So Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know who this message was for or what it was for. But I know you're doing something, Lord. And I know I came here. I, I only wanted to hear and say what you were going to say, God. But I thank you that you do a work in your people, God. That they would not avoid repentance, God. That they would not avoid... And if Amy, you want to come up and you want to start playing. They, they would not avoid the, the changing into the image of God. See, being, see, see, changing into the image of God, it's done, in, it's done in your spirit. But in our flesh, it's being done over time the more we trust and yield to God. Yeah. Our, God is enabling this body. Because he says, the one who has formed you, he would enable you in your mortal body. The spirit of God. So he, only he can enable you to perform what God is asking. All he's, all he's wanting is your yes. But you see, everybody says, I'll say yes to God. But then when he actually comes inside your heart. See, we need to stop saying yes out loud. And we need to say yes in here. We need to say yes out loud in the spirit. And when, and when something's a temptation's trying to, blessed are you that go through temptation because it's the forming of your faith. Because when you go through temptation, see some people when they go through temptation, they try to fight it in their own. They try to do something. But God's just saying, realize you cannot overcome and look at the cross and I will help you overcome that temptation. He says that, he says, turn to God and he will deliver you from the temptation. See, when we go through temptation, it's actually... He's, you know, in, the, in the our Father prayer, it says, lead me not into temptation. And he's talking about, and, and the person that's praying, Jesus praying, he's talking about the Father, lead me not into temptation. Why? Because God will lead us. God doesn't do the tempting because God says that God tempts no man. But sometimes God will lead us through, through the valley of temptation so that we can learn to trust on Him and lean on Him more. You know why it says, blessed are you that, are, that go through various temptations? Because the temptation is there to form you, to grow you, to learn how to lean on Him. And when you lean on Him, your life changes. Maybe if, maybe if we, see that's why sometimes it's better, to, it's better just to, to do less some other things not and, and see God more instead of doing those other things. Because when you see God more, see sometimes God will take us through temptations and stuff because He's trying to pull us and keep us going. But sometimes if we would just Keep, uh, keep, uh, uh, keep turning to Him instead of doing some other certain things. He won't have to keep pulling us like that. We won't have to go through certain trials or temptations. I'm not saying avoid those things. I'm saying there's some things you don't have to go through because you can just be doing what you're supposed to do. You can just be seeking Him instead of playing the video game or playing or doing whatever you're doing. And then you notice when you're doing certain things or you're watching movies and all this, and then you wonder why all these temptations and why all these trials are coming. Because God's trying to pull you. He's trying to say, wait, i got to lasso you back. i got to lasso you back to get on track here. But maybe if we just stayed on track, we wouldn't have to face that many trials and temptations. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Prepare the way, Lord, in our hearts for your spirit. Just like you prepared the way for Jesus through John. Prepare the way through your messengers for the Holy Spirit to come and do the transformation. It's all about the Holy Spirit transforming our lives forever. So prepare our hearts, Lord, to yield. Prepare our hearts to learn to trust, to move. Paint the picture of what God is and who He is and what He looks like and His ways. So when He comes to sell us oil, that we actually buy it. Jesus. Thank you.